Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though the stories you'll hear are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Your family is done. I will kill them all as they sleep. Threatening emails and letters were becoming normal for the Coleman family. Chris Coleman wasn't just head of the family. He was head of security for a high-profile TV evangelist, Joyce Mayer. The messages said he needed to leave his job or his family would be harmed. Tell Joyce to stop preaching the bullshit or Chris and his family will be killed. We're sick of Mayer's. We're sick of Meyer's pampered ass flying all over the world. These threats would come with specific conferences held by Meyer. Chris finally filled a police report and the messages seemed to stop. Christianity heavily molded Chris's childhood with teachings he would take into his adult life. His parents were both preachers and he and his brothers would often perform during church services. Faith was taken extremely seriously in the Coleman household and Chris was well known to make life decisions based on scripture. After high school, Chris joined the Marines. He loved the action. The military offered up some divine intervention and put Chris on a path to meet his future wife, Sherry. A relationship quickly began, and before long, Sherry was pregnant with their first son, Garrett. Despite the tension between Sherry and Chris's parents for her lack of faith, marriage quickly followed, and so did their second son, Gavin. By 2008, the Colemans lived the good life at home in Illinois. 31-year-old Sherry was the perfect wife and mother, and 34-year-old Chris was the high-powered head of security, earning over $100,000 a year. Strict upbringing meant Gavin and Garrett were polite and well-mannered children. But as it often is, things are not as they seem. Chris loved the power that came with his job. He loved the lifestyle he was afforded, and a wife and two kids in the suburb just wasn't cutting it anymore. Head of security for a jet-setting TV celebrity made it easy for Chris to lead more than one life. In a secret life, Chris was having an affair with a cocktail waitress, Tara Lintz. Salt in the wound, Tara was a childhood friend of Sherry. While Sherry took care of his children and ran the house, Chris really was off living in another world. He was completely smitten with Tara, sharing her in jewellery and gifts, a promise ring amongst them. If she hadn't joined him on a trip, the two texted around the clock, and marriage was a hot topic. Marriage was probably unrealistic, though, as far as Chris was concerned. He would have loved to have married Tara, but divorcing Sherry was impossible. Not only did he not believe in divorce, but his boss had made it very clear that any of her employees getting a divorce would result in either a demotion or termination. Chris was not prepared to risk his high-paying job, which I think says a lot about what he thought of both women. As things continued to press on with Tara, friends of Chris and Sherry saw a change in the couple. The drifting had begun. While Chris spent majority of his life not swearing and barely drinking bar a beer here and there, swearing and drinking had become common for Chris. In late 2008, the messages began, and they came fast and often from the email address destroychris at gmail.com. Whilst it looked as if the messages were more directed at Chris's boss, Joyce Mayer, 
The Colmans were the only ones receiving them. Life continued. Sherry and Chris continued on as husband and wife. Work was as good as it could be for Chris, but Tara was not happy. She wanted Chris to leave Sherry, regardless of what it would do to his job. She gave him an ultimatum. Either leave Sherry, or Tara herself would leave. She expected Chris to have this done by May 4th, 2009. When the deadline finally arrived, Chris called Tara with the news. The divorce papers had been prepared, and he'd be handing them over to his wife the next day. Tuesday, May 5th, 2009, Detective Justin Barlow receives an early morning phone call. It's 6.43am, and his neighbour Chris Coleman is calling him. Chris was at the gym, having no luck contacting Sherry. He wanted Detective Barlow to check in on his family. Barlow agreed. He walked into the Coleman's house just before 7am that Tuesday to find Garrett and Gavin strangled to death in their beds. Sherry was strangled to death, a black eye. She'd clearly tried to fight her attacker. Barlow found the walls covered in red spray-painted messages. You have paid. Punished. I am watching. Chris arrived shortly after. Police held him back. Officers informed him that his family was dead. They all later agreed the tears seemed forced. He never asked how they died. During questioning, he insisted his family were alive when he left for the gym at around 5.30am, but the coroner's report would say they were dead before then. Police had one prime suspect, obviously Chris. The police quickly found out about Tara. She was questioned in Florida, and while she may have been the motivation for Chris's crime, she was not involved, but she did help police fill in the gaps. She showed police messages that Chris had sent her while at his family's memorial service, saying that he'd missed her. The day after the family's memorial, Chris threw away the balloons and signs posted in the front of his house that paid tribute to his family. Chris had scratches on his arms that came from Sherry fighting for her life. Security cameras in the area showed no one else entering the house between Chris leaving and Barlow entering. Police found credit card statements showing Chris had purchased the red spray paint recently. They easily traced the threatening emails sent to the Colmans back to Chris's IP address. Through hours of fake crying, Chris pleaded with the police that he was innocent. The head of security was arrested and charged with murder. Two years to the day of the murder of Sherry, Garrett and Gavin, Chris Coleman was sentenced to three life sentences without the possibility of parole. In 2014, Coleman appealed. His conviction was upheld. In 2019, he appealed again. The judge granted a new trial on the grounds of ineffective counsel. No trial date has been set yet. Yeah.